Who were the Pharisees? When we first think of the term Pharisee as Christians today, most often we associate it with some pretty negative connotations. We think of the Pharisees as hypocrites or as people who were obsessed by the law and that were wrong in their ways of following God that Jesus is trying to correct. After our Bible study last night on the tax collector and the Pharisee, I decided that it really we needed to take some time separately from that parable and talk about the, the reality of what we know about the Pharisees. And some of that isn't a lot, but just to be clear on a number of things. Hello, this is Pastor Rob McPherson from Hillsdale First United Methodist Church. So the Pharisees, many of us confuse them with the priests, but they were not the priests. The priests were the people that served in the temple. They were born into their positions, but the Pharisees were not temple-based at all, and they weren't born into their positions. Rather, the Pharisees were a social movement and a school of thought, that according to Wikipedia. As we talked about them in Bible study, they're a little like a denomination, uh, a, a group of Christian churches like the Lutherans or the Methodists, but they still would have met in the same synagogue with the rest of the Jews, so they're not really a separate denomination. Perhaps a better example is that they were like the Methodist movement when it began under John Wesley. The Methodists were not a separate religious group, but a subgroup within the Church of England. So they still went to worship and communion with the Church of England, but they had separate meetings in small groups called class meetings to encourage each other. And these Methodists that met had a shared set of values and beliefs and ways of living out their faith. Perhaps in today's comparisons, I, I struggled to find something. They could be looked at something like the Emmaus community or De Caloris as a movement meant to renew faith within the church. So a group of people that want to see the faith of the church strengthened and their own faith strengthened. And in addition to their church, they meet in other groups. Or if the movement was based more on shared beliefs and social principles, I suppose it would be like the Wesley Covenant Association or the Methodist Federation for Social Action, uh, where the groups are uh, have some pretty strong beliefs. In other words, the Pharisees were ordinary lay members of the synagogue. They, they were not necessarily the leaders, although they certainly could have been nor were they despised and thought of as hypocrites, as many today would think. So we have to go into some history to see that, but this really helps to clear up our, our preconceived notions. This is from Amy Jill Levine's Short Stories by Jesus. For the majority of Jesus' Jewish audience, the Pharisees would have been respected teachers, those who walked the walk as well as talked the talk. Josephus, a priest who found the Pharisees' voluntary organization in competition with his own inherited priestly status, mentions their interpretations of Torah designed to make ancient teachings relevant to the society of their day. I think that's what we all as pastors are striving to do. And my sort of side of comment there, making those ancient teachings relevant to society today. 
So the Pharisees were trying to do that. So here's what Josephus specifically says. On account of which doctrines, they are able greatly to persuade the body of the people. And whatsoever they do about divine worship, prayers, and sacrifices, they performed them according to their direction, insomuch that cities gave great attestations to them on account of their entire virtuous conduct, both in the actions of their lives and their discourses also. These were respected people who were honored and recognized for the good they did and influenced the people the quality of their teaching affected lives. That's why Paul is proud to say that he is one of them in Philippians 3.5. We have to peel away some of those preconceived notions, as I said. So why is Jesus so hard on them? I think Jesus consistently challenges all of the religious people of his day. Well, actually, he challenges everybody, not just the religious people. The fact is, Jesus is always pushing people to be better in their life of faith, to follow God more closely, and to love their neighbor more fully. He challenges all people to think. His parables are meant to cause us to scrutinize ourselves, even the most religious of us. And it is only natural that Jesus would challenge the most committed especially those who are seeking to change, those who are devoted to religion, those who are opinionated, and ask them to re-examine themselves and make themselves better. I think we ought not to be looking at the Pharisees then as the worst of the religious folk whom Jesus is attacking as complete hypocrites, but rather think of the Pharisees as the most religious people we know and they're listening in as Jesus tries to help them draw even closer to God. Debate ensues, of course. The Pharisees have their thoughts and they explain their reasoning and Jesus comes back and explains his. And although it's not necessarily hostile, it's certainly got a bit of a competitive and debate air to it. But they keep coming back. The Pharisees keep inviting him. It is as though Jesus is coming to us and challenging us. And we argue back with him about why we do the things we do. But we still listen. Some might then ask, well, why do the Pharisees seem to hate him so much if he's just trying to strengthen their faith? Two things. First of all, none of us really like to be challenged especially in those things we hold most dear, even if it is for our own good. Therefore, it's understandable that many of them are put off by Jesus. If Jesus came up to you and told you that one of your most important religious practices wasn't loving to your neighbor, you wouldn't like it either. But the second thing is that not all Pharisees do hate him. A group of Pharisees comes and warns Jesus that Herod wants to kill him that he should flee. Jesus is invited to the houses of Pharisees and he dines with them. Nicodemus, the Pharisee that Jesus famously says what we abbreviate as John 3.16, Nicodemus helps in burying the body of Jesus and providing the myrrh and aloe for that ritual. And there is, of course, Paul. To summarize, 
The Pharisees were among the most respected religious individuals of the day, not priests or rabbis, but a movement within Judaism. Jesus challenged them, and some got angry, while others were intrigued and listened and even followed him. A revision of our ideas about who the Pharisees are or were will help us as we read passages about them. Instead of immediately condemning the Pharisees, we should be asking as a religious person, what would Jesus say to me? Where would he challenge me so much that I would be hesitant to listen? Where is Jesus calling me to love my neighbor more deeply, to love God more fully? And how might I resist? I hope you'll reflect on this grace and peace to you today.